Chapter Eight of My Queen, a weekly journal for young women, Issue One, September nineteen hundred. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria Fatima da Silva. The first news of Dolly. As soon as Marion had recovered from her surprise at discovering the familiar jewels in such an unexpected manner in this little shop, she determined to make some inquiries. "'Will you please tell me where you got those?' she asked of the big-nosed Israelite behind the counter, at the same time pointing to the topazes in the window. "'I comes honestly by those. Is that what you want to know?' said the shopkeeper shrewdly he was on his guard instantly and had no notion of parting with the jewels from the nature of the place and its surroundings marion easily guessed that it was one of those establishments where the possessor of the jewellery is not too closely questioned as to where it was obtained so long as he is willing to sell it at a low price in other words a place where stolen goods are bought and sold I don't want them, said Marion quickly, as she guessed what he meant. I just want to get the address of the person that left them here. She is a friend of mine, the woman who owned them, and I want to find her if she is in the city. The man looked at her sharply and saw that he had nothing to fear. I tells nothings, he said crossly, except that I bought them from a man what I never saw before. "'Then it was not a lady who left them,' said the country girl quickly. "'I tells nothings more,' repeated the man. Marion left the shop, being unable to elicit further information. She was satisfied now that Mr. Lawson was in the city. Or was it Bert who had pawned them? It lay between them. "'I am sure it was Lawson,' she whispered firmly. "'I will not allow myself to think ill of Bert.' Poor boy, I pity him, alone in this big city. She hailed a car and was soon riding down the Bowery, just as the officer had told her, but she was so upset over her discovery that she hardly glanced out of the window. Twice the conductor had to ask her for her fare, and when the stylish, handsome girl asked him how much the ride would cost, he stared at her in earnest, and so did the passengers. But Marion was learning very rapidly now. Excitement was clearing her brain and sharpening her wits. It would not be very long before she would rid herself of her timidity at the great city's bewilderments. When she reached the lodging house, she found a pleasant-faced man at the desk, who spoke to her kindly when she stated her errand. "'There's been a boy here for two weeks by the name of Bert Jackson,' he said at once. "'But he went away yesterday because he had no money. "'He'll show up again, I presume, so you can leave a note for him if you wish.' "'Poor Bert!' cried Marion impulsively. "'But what will he do without any money?' "'You can trust that kid for getting along,' said a gentleman, laughing. "'He's the oldest sixteen-year-old I ever saw.' Why, he's as bright as a New York boy already, yet he tells me he has always lived in the country. A half-dozen ragged boys came in just then and stood eyeing Marion in great astonishment. 
the young girl soon caught some whispered remarks which she knew were intended to express admiration she's the swellest thing what's come down the pike but jackson must belong to the high muckamucks to have loydies in togs like those a coming to see him she's a jim dandy for fair oh why ain't i got one coming with me that's my blooming luck was the whispered answer the gentleman at the desk was just handing marion a pencil when a commotion in the street made them both turn and look out of the window it's but jackson the cops got him yelled one of the boys and in a second the whole group of them were out on the sidewalk oh it is bert cried marion as she caught sight of her friend standing up very straight with a policeman's hand on his shoulder he's got into some scrape i'll go and see what it's about said the gentleman and as he started for the door marion followed him promptly the sidewalk was fairly blocked with boys when they finally got out and there seemed to be scores of them coming from all directions he knocked a gentleman down said the officer as he recognized the superintendent of the lodging house he wasn't a gentleman he was an abductor cried bert jackson stoutly and just at that moment he caught sight of marion for a second the stylish garments puzzled him a little then he threw up his hat and gave a whoop that made even the officer jump in astonishment she's here dolly is here i just saw her he shouted she was with that fellow lawson and i tell you i hit him a good one which way did he go cried marion trying to push her way to his side i couldn't see said bert bitterly for the cops had collared me but i hit him once anyway some day he'll get another what does he mean asked the superintendent who hated to see bert taken to the station house perhaps if you can explain it the officer will let him go oh do let him go sir cried marion instantly the poor boy is trying to help me find my sister dolly who was abducted three weeks ago from our home in the country oh come off said the officer turning to scowl at the boy that's all very fine but he won't go with moiko flority it's truth just the same and if it hadn't been for you i'd have knocked him silly said bert scowling back at his captor i was trying to speak to dolly and he stepped between us i intended to knock him down and then run away with her sure that's just what i thought said the officer promptly attempting to kidnap a girl in broad daylight and right in me beat the impudent spalpeen well i guess you can let him go can't you officer asked the superintendent coaxingly not on your life was the reply what would the captain say to me faith and it's to the station house i'll take him and let the sergeant deal with him and you let that villain escape while you arrested a boy cried marion half crying oh my poor little sister will i ever find her why don't you ask them at headquarters to send out a general alarm miss asked the superintendent as the officer strode on half dragging bert along with him marion's eyes flew open in unbounded surprise why i never thought of that she said delightedly i came here all alone to look for my sister well you've got lots of courage remarked the superintendent staring at her poor bert i am so sorry for him cried marion in distress 
to think he should have been on the very verge of rescuing Dolly when he got arrested. They'll help you at headquarters, said the superintendent kindly, as he wrote some directions on a piece of paper. Will you keep this address and give it to Bert when he comes back? asked Marion as she scribbled the name of the hotel where she had spent the night. Certainly, miss, and I'll do more, said the gentleman, smiling. I'll go around to the station house at once and try to get him out. I think I know a way to outwit that brutal officer. Marion thanked him warmly and then started uptown. But before she could make her visit to headquarters conscientiously, she felt that she ought to do a little thinking. I beg your pardon, miss, but I think there is a pickpocket following you. A gentlemanly voice spoke almost in Marion's ear as she walked along with her eyes bent on the sidewalk. The young girl looked up quickly and saw a gentleman at her side. He had spoken so quietly that his sudden news did not alarm her. Marion turned and saw a slouching figure skulking swiftly around the corner, and then she also noticed that she had lost her way. She was no longer on the Bowery. "'I have nothing that he could steal, but I thank you just the same,' she said politely, as she glanced up, at the aristocratic-looking stranger who was gazing at her admiringly. "'It is a bad neighborhood for well-dressed people, particularly ladies,' said the young man, smiling. "'These thugs would knock you down and steal your pocketbook in a jiffy.' "'How dreadful!' said Marion, clutching Miss Gray's beautiful purse a bit tighter. "'But I am afraid I have lost my way. I am going to police headquarters.' The young man looked surprised, but he answered very pleasantly. You have indeed, but I can soon set you right. I am bound for that neighborhood myself, and will be glad to escort you if you will allow me. Marion looked up at him shyly before she answered. As their eyes met, she blushed deeply with the delicious sensation of pleasure. He was smiling down at her so sweetly and with such honest admiration that her heart went out to him instantly. She knew that she could trust him. End of chapter 8